Welcome to the official Guns Up Nation podcast, the premier voice for the fearless fans of Raiderland. Oh, 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 he's the worst Red Raider, unbelievable! The Scarlet and Black are back on the final bowl club, and they hail from Lubbock, Texas. Let's meet today's hosts. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome into another installment of the Guns Up Nation podcast. I'm RC Maxfield alongside Tobias Bass down in H-Town. Tobias, how you doing, man? Doing well, man. Trying to stay dry. Hopefully, it doesn't rain anymore. It's rained every day this week. We had Haley a will be uh, glad to hear that Houston's weatherman is back, aka Tobias Bass. Um, yeah, I'm back and back like I never left. Well, sometimes we'd wish you would leave. That's for sure. But on today's for show, sure. we're going to talk about the latest headlines in Texas Tech athletics, including. Adrian Gregory resigning as Texas Tech softball coach and what that means for the program and some of the allegations that are being thrown around about her and her coaching staff and mostly her, I should say, um, while she was the Texas Tech head coach. Some exciting news for a first round pick from the Texas Tech football team this weekend in the NFL. And then two former Red Raiders make the Times Magazine top 100 most influential people of 2020. We'll answer some Twitter questions tell you about our friends at two docs and of course it's ut hate week so we're gonna have to talk about ut and preview that game a little bit as well but tobias let's start with the biggest news right now in texas tech athletics which is coach adrian gregory resigning as tech softball coach you and i had the pleasure of covering this program for myself three years i believe two years for you um yeah. And, you know, we had heard about allegations for a while now. You've had some relationships with players. And first and foremost, we're not going to name any players or anything in yeah. this um, that we've heard information from because that would be a, doing a disservice to them and putting them in a bad light. But you and I have both heard from – you've talked to people you know on the team within the program. I've talked to a couple of people I know within the program. And, you know, when you hear the same things from two different sets of people, that's usually – you know, accurate statements are coming out, right? Right. Yeah, I talked to um a player and she just, I mean, she kind of told me, you know, everything that was that you read was uh, true. You know, she was even telling me that some of the girls they even have to go to um counseling because of some of the stuff that they like. You know, actually, they should probably go to counseling anyway because they they deal with a lot of um, stressful. You know, stuff stuff. You know, it's very stressful. But she was saying one of the big things that why she even goes to therapy, she goes every week is because of how she's like being treated. And she's not the only one. She said there's been several, several other girls on the team. They go to therapy weekly because of how they've been treated. She said there's been some um, racist remarks that have been said, um, you know, and nothing, nothing ever got done about it. It was just like, oh, it is what it is. You know, she said it or they did it. And then this is just like, oh, well, it is what it is. They just have to just kind of move on for it. Then, you know, as an athlete, they really can't say anything because if you say anything, you know, your playing time is decreased. You know, they, there's other ways they can get you to be quiet. So, yeah, I mean, on those racist remarks, the person that I talked to um, gave me a quote um, that was used, according to her, a plethora or multiple times um, while she was there um, and played softball and everything. And um, what the quote was, coach used this saying get to the back of the line like parks yeah and at first I didn't get it I'm not gonna lie I was completely oblivious to this Tobias I was 
I didn't get it. And then I was like, oh my God, she's talking about Rosa Parks. Yeah. Like I, it, it, that, that's how oblivious and naive I was for a split second. And um, when you hear things like that, um, especially, you know, there's never a, a great time for this to come out. Um, but especially right now for Texas Tech, you know, we just right. got over, not really over, but the, you know, the media coverage and everything like that is slowly starting to decrease on Marlene Stallings and what was going on in the women's basketball program. And, you know, Kirby Hoka came out and said that he's going to issue a zero tolerance policy, which probably should have been in effect anyway. Um, yeah. But hey, um, at least it's in effect now. Um, and I think, you know, logical people can put two and two together and figure out what this is about when it comes to Coach Gregory. Um, it's just sad because the program was slowly starting to turn around. Right. Um, you know, when she showed up, it, laughing stock is a generous way to describe this program. And, you know, last year, or I guess in 2019, I should say, um, Texas Tech softball was five, six outs away from going to their first ever Super Regional appearance. And, and, and now – I mean, I don't even know where they look to buy us for a coach. I mean, this is a this is a very weird process and timing of this. Obviously, it had to happen, but in terms of hiring somebody, it's got to be extremely difficult right now for Kirby Hokut. Yeah, I mean, like like I said, they're in a very weird spot. You know, the season isn't that far away. Um, I talked to one of the girls on the team. She said she thinks that a bunch of people are going to um, try to interview for this job. You know, I mean, I don't Absolutely. I don't blame Absolutely. Yeah, I don't blame them. You know, like you like you just said, the program's definitely going in the right direction. It's just unfortunate these these circumstances happened a month, what a month into the school year, basically. Barely, so, yeah, or, yeah, barely. So yeah, I'm sure a bunch of people will um, try to hire for the job. Hopefully, you know, Kirby and everyone can find the right person for the job, and these issues won't happen because this is what the second time in two months. You know, so it's barely over a month. Right. Yeah. Barely. Yeah. Barely over the month. So I want to, you know, I'm glad this is coming out, but it's just very frustrating. And I know like you talk about, I think another thing that I was told was that she would um, make fun of like some of the girls on the team's hair. Some yeah. of like the, um, the, um, one, one, of the one of the former players and you and I questioned why the why the hell she was gone from the program because this was an imp yeah. impactful player you know exactly who i'm talking right. about again we're not going to say right. any names right. Right. um she has been very very vocal on social media if you can go yeah. find that person but again we're not going to name any names yeah i mean that's one of the things that she mentioned on social media numerous times that coach would come mm -hmm. out and literally like make fun of her hair and um you know it sounds so arbitrary in a sense, but at the same time, like it's hair, man. Like, you know, like yeah. what, what, what is somebody going to do Natural about hair. that? Like the, everybody should have their, do whatever they want with their hair. You know, some people will judge others for that, but at the same time, like every, you know, ethnicity has a different kind of hair, you know, that's just how it is. Like I, I, you shouldn't be punished for that or be made fun of for that. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, that's like your natural, you know, that's their natural hair. Natural hair is beautiful. And you know, she's, making fun of that. That's just, you know, that's just a whole different can of worms. I don't even want to get to right now about that. But yeah, it's just, you, like you said, that's a natural hair. You know, that's how they naturally, you, that comes with them. You know what I'm saying? Like that's yes. naturally how they hair is. Why are you making fun of judging their hair? Yeah. Oh, and, and, and there was also physical allocations um, brought up by a former assistant coach. Um, yeah, this is going to get ugly, man. Um, 
it's going to get ugly. But at the same time, I'm very glad that it's coming out because, you know, student athletes should not have to fear, you know, going to practice and stuff like that for verbal abuse or, you know, racism and all that kind of stuff, or even physical abuse in some, you know, um, cases. And this case looks like there might be physical abuse too. So um, don't know to the exact extent, but I'm sure we'll find out more in the coming days, just crazy, crazy stuff right now going on um, in Texas Tech athletics, but I'm glad it's being addressed, as you mentioned, Tobias, and hopefully this is, you know, the darkest hour in the sense of, you know, Texas Tech athletics and everything here will have a positive light. Um, But it's going to be a one step forward kind of situation from here on out. Can't skip any steps in this kind of uh, situation, but we'll move on um, in some more positive news and we'll bring you more information about Texas Tech softball because as Tobias mentioned, um, a lot of people are going to interview for this job yeah, and a lot of, a lot of talented people because this Texas tech by no means is they're not Oklahoma in softball. You know, Oklahoma is, I I don't even know how to really describe them um, in softball, but other than just a powerhouse, Um, but, but Texas tech is slowly starting to get into that second, you know, tier of big 12 teams. You know, and, and it took them a long time. And if they get the right person in here, and again, everybody's saying, no, it's difficult to recruit to, Colu- uh, recruit to Lubbock, you can, you can get that mess out of here. That's already be, been debunked. Um, yeah. This softball program's in a really good place, and a lot of people don't realize this either. They have a lot of talent coming back. You have arguably one of the best hitters in the Big 12 and Carly Hamilton coming back right? You have Brianna Russell, you have a two headed monster in the circle and Edmondson and Zoak, you know, there, there's a lot of talented players on this team. And I didn't even mention Heaven Burton. Um, yeah, I say Heaven Burton, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of talented players on the softball team. So this is going to be a highly coveted job and it's going to be very interesting to see what route Kirby Hillcutt takes. Does he take an alumni route? Does he take more of the, Hey, I've done this before. Here's a winner coming in here. Um, it's just going to be very interesting to see. Um, and we'll keep you posted on there. Be sure to check out gunsupnation.com for all the latest on that. But we'll move on. Again, a little bit more positive here. Um, well, actually, I'd say a lot more positive. First-round pick of the Seattle Seahawks, Jordan Brooks, will officially make his first NFL career start this weekend against the Dallas Cowboys. It's going to be two Red Raider rookies starting in this game. Tobias Terrence Steele will be starting at right yeah. tackle for the Cowboys, and Jordan Brooks will be his – yeah getting his first start at the Sam position for the Seahawks. So I'm predicting from Jordan Brooks, this would just honestly make my year. If he just goes, I don't know, 15 tackles, a pick six, force fumble. I don't know. Everything on the interception, force fumble, fumble recovery, touchdown, 15 tackles, three sacks. I need all that for him, especially playing Cowboys. I need him really to just go crazy against the Cowboys because you know how I feel about them. I'll take a more realistic approach. I'll just take eight and a tackle for loss. That'd be cool. Yeah, we got to find – you got to force that touchdown in there because we need that. We need – I need the Cowboys to lose this week. They should be 0-2, and you know this. Uh, what, they should be 1-1. The one one. They should be 1-1. One one. With, with the Falcons – okay, like – they should, the be one, the, they should have flipped the wins, if we're being honest. That was a bogus P.I. call against – Gallup on Ramsey like I get like you can't extend your arm but 
I, yeah, I don't yeah. know if like it's an LA thing and there's like an acting cl- like school that people go to Patrick Beverly and you know, uh, Ramsey might be classmates in it and it's like a flopping yeah. school or something. Yeah. Like, I don't know, but I'm really starting to believe that if you want to perfect yourself at being a flopper, you go to LA. Yeah. I mean, you know, he def- he definitely sold it because he extended it, but it wasn't enough to do all that. No, he just got beat. He just got beat. That's all it was. He just got beat. Exactly. But I mean that's that's one reason why he's one of the best corners in the NFL. Sure, he, he sure. Does, yeah, you know. Good for him on selling it. Like you know, you're, you're supposed to bait the refs. You know, it's a human game. Like judgment call wise, good for him. But like I think the Cowboys are their record should be exactly where it is, one and one. It's just with the Falcons, like they they you, they, you, they choked bad, bad. The, the thing is, is just like even a toddler knows. If you're the receiving team on an onside kick, you can grab it literally whenever like. Literally, like it, like the fact that, like, if either you just think about it logically, why wouldn't you be able to grab it? Like, 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 why, like, why wouldn't you be able to grab it? Because, like, that doesn't make sense. Because you're not, you're not the one, you're not the team that kicked it. So, why would you not be able to grab it before a 10 yard? That doesn't even make sense. Then, what I love the most about it is they huddled around the football, three of them, like it was a fire, like we're in the forest, like, like they were caveman. like bear, caveman type stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, Bear Scouts. They had their hands out bear in front of them, like rubbing their hands together. Like that. Bear that, that, that's what that's what it looks like to me. Like they were literally huddling around the football, like they were Bear Scouts. You you see an episode of uh, SpongeBob when they're out in the wilderness and they have the magic conch in the middle of them. Yeah, that's what it looked. That's that's what it looked like to me. They were praying to the magic conch or the football, wondering what to do next. And Lord and behold, the Cowboys received it. It's wild, man. It's wild. R.I.P. to Dan Quinn. He ain't going to be Atlanta's head coach much longer. Oh, yeah, man. You could argue because it should have been gone. But uh, Yeah, he should have been fired. Come on, Brooks. We, we, we need, I need the big game out of you this week. I, need, I just need y'all to beat them in devastating fashion. I'm hoping. I wouldn't be mad either way. Um, hopefully, Jordan has a good game. And hopefully, Terrence yeah, Steele plays a little bit better than he did last week. But Because he was getting dominated at times last week um, yeah. on that O-line. But, again – I saw a lot of hate for Terrence Steele on social media. He's an undrafted rookie. Like, then, I mean, then, then, then look who he look who he had to block. You know, yeah. the first like Aaron Donald. He's pretty good, I, I think. Well, I, uh, I I would assume so. Yes. Then who did he was it Grady Jarrett from uh the Falcons and Claiborne? I think. Yeah, like they're you know they're some of the best players in the, at their position. You know I don't I don't know. Yeah, Grady Jared, Tarkars McKinley. Like come come on, like those are some of the best players in the in their position. First round picks. Right. Yeah. Um, and I mean it doesn't get much. I guess it gets a little easier this weekend against you know Seattle, but. I'm gonna hope they better hope Snacks Harrison doesn't play because he's all former all pro. They're they're bringing him into camp today. Yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting, but congrats to Jordan on getting that first start this coming up weekend. Another huge congrats from us. This is a pretty big deal in my opinion. You know, Tobias might not agree with the list. We were talking about that beforehand, um, which is totally fine. Um, but I think it is a big deal just for Texas Tech perspective that two former Red Raiders made the Times Magazine top 100 most influential people of 2020. You know, you might not agree with the list, and I get your perspective, but I think just from a Texas Tech point, that's super cool to see two Red Raiders on there. Yeah, no, it's very, that's very, very cool. I mean, it kind of, you know, shows from tech as possible, you know, that we have two people on this, you know, it's time, this is a historic list. Yeah. 
No, yeah. And I mean, you have Patrick Mahomes, obviously we know about him and then General Charles Q. Brown. Um, I think he graduated in, at, from Texas Tech in 1984 with an engineering degree and it just worked his way up methodically through the system to, you know, become one of the most highly respected people in the military here in the United States. And it's just super yeah. cool to see him succeed as well as Pat and just, you know, finally get that recognition for Red Raiders on arguably one of the most powerful list in terms of just, you know, people recognizing it um, worldwide um, because this isn't just an American list. You got to think about this. This is a worldwide thing. Yeah. World, yeah, world so, list, yeah. you know, two of them to come from Texas tech, that that's, that's huge in my opinion. So just wanted to shout them out because, Hey, you got to show them some love and they definitely deserve it. And also, you know, who deserves some love to buy some of these people on uh, Twitter interacting yeah. with us. We're going to uh, answer some of these questions. We got two questions out there for us to buy. One of them pertains to the game this weekend. We'll knock that one out second, but yeah. let's start with basketball. Um, what's the time frame on Mac McClung and why do we have to wait forever? This is from Sharon Curtis, Sharon Curtis law on Twitter. Thanks for interacting with us. See, Tobias, I, I understand the frustration from tech fans, but I think the timeline actually makes sense when you look at it in the sense of Burton and McClung. Burton obviously applied for the waiver first. McClung is, you know, applied second. It is taking quite a bit of time. I will admit that, but I think it's kind of inevitable that he will receive one. Well, I think I, I agree. I think that he will. But also, you know, they moved it back. You know, they moved back to start day, you know, till um, – um, November. So that gives them a little extra time, you know, to do these things. You know, obviously when you push things back, that gives you more leeway to, sure. you know, decisions are going to obviously just get made later. And then, you know, like I said, they kind of just figured out when they were going to play like a week ago. You yeah, know it's going to be so bubbles they, in Orlando. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, obviously, you know, the waiver is very important to Tech fans and obviously the McClung Flam, he obviously wants to play. But, you know, a week ago, literally, you know, the NCAA as a whole, they had bigger fish. If I had to figure out how are we even going to play the sport, so sure. let alone, you know, getting people waivers. So I agree that it is frustrating, but give it a little bit more time. Like I said, we're only, what, September 24th? 24th. Mm-hmm. We, have, we have two months, basically. Month and a half, basically. So Yeah, if I was a tech fan, I'd probably start panicking. Um, Halloween. Yeah, I was, I was going to say a little bit before that, just yeah. because technically, you know, the, you know, the quote-unquote training camp, or yeah, what, yeah. what not opens up about a month before. But, yeah, I think that's yeah. a good timeline. The, you know, third or fourth week of October, I'd probably start panicking a little bit, and I'd really, really start to panic if it gets to, like, November 7th and we haven't heard anything. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because right now, like you said, the NCAA, they have much bigger priorities than giving right. McClung a waiver. Um, one of those priorities is how the hell is the schedule going to work? You know, how many non-conference games are these people going to play? Um, you know, there's a lot of things going on right now. You know, there's some people out there saying, oh, we're going to play 15 non-conference games. There's others saying eight. Like, are they going to meet in the middle? How is this going to work? Are you going to have to go into a bubble for a certain amount of time just to play non-conference games? Like, how is this all going to work? So McClung is kind of, you know, not even on the back burner. It's like, you know, 17 stoves away from their priority list. And then, yeah, like you said, you're trying to figure out how many games – People are going to play. Where are they going to be? You know, they also have to work with the schools themselves because I know sure. by November 25th, over 76% of schools will be out. Like, they're not coming back. Like Texas school, Tech like, is one of them. Yeah, they're one of them. So, you know, they're trying to figure out, you know, okay, well, 
is this kid going to be in school? But is this university not going to be in school? How can we get these group of guys in the bubble, but this group over here? Because, you know, they're trying to do it geographically, like where schools Absolutely. are located. So, you know, if Cincinnati is in a bubble, or Cincinnati is out of school, but I'm just speaking hypothetically, you know, Ohio State is not, how does that work? You know what I mean? Because they're, geographically they're close together, but how do you get it to work with the school? Because, you know, school comes first and they have to plan that out because you're dealing with not just the coaches, you're dealing with the whole board of, you know, of the whole entire school. So you have to deal with other things. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, but um, I think Tobias agrees with me when I say this. I wouldn't yeah. worry about it. McClung is going to get the yeah. waiver. Uh, get the I, I think the success rate right now is like 99% or like 97% um, in terms of granting waivers for immediate wow. eligibility, um, which makes sense. I mean, it's 2020, COVID, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, makes It makes sense. sense, but it, it's, I think it's got like a 90, it's, it's between 96 and 99% accepted yeah, in like terms of. Yeah, I, I like his chances a, a yeah. lot. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take like, it. And, it, and yeah. it does help that he's already practicing with the team a lot. Um, right. Um, but I will say this about Burton. Do not be surprised if Mac McClung, when he does get his waiver, Burton got his waiver. I don't know if Burton will play this year. I will say that right, right now. Yeah. Everything that I have been told from sources within the basketball program, Burton is adamant with Coach Beard, and Coach Beard is on the same page that – um, he's going to redshirt this year to bulk up his body and work on his game, and then he's going to come back for next year um, and yeah. really just, you know, take the Big 12 by storm, quote-unquote. Yeah, I know some Pac-12 guys, um, a guy, a couple of, couple of USC players are uh, doing the same. They're, um, they're not going to try to get the way they just want to sit out in a redshirt anyway. So they're just going to just wait until the next year and play. Yeah, and, and you know, Burton's kind of different. He did get the waiver, but from what I understand, yeah. he's not going to try and – play um obviously things can change you know let's say that mac mcclung is in that three percent that doesn't get the waiver burton's gonna have to play um but i think all accounts and the people that are close to the situation and everything like that and what we've been told mcclung's gonna get this waiver it's just inevitable it's just a matter of time at this point but we do appreciate the question sharon curtis law on twitter be sure to go give her a follow and then tobias you know who else the people should go follow who they should go follow two docs. Yeah, definitely. They should go follow two docs. Great really need to follow after, yeah, you need to really need to follow them after what could happen this weekend. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. If you want a good place to go watch the game and just drown your sorrows potentially with great beer and some friends and social distancing, obviously, um, two docs is the place to go. Uh, two docs is located on 502 Texas Avenue in downtown Lubbock. They got great beer, live music. Um, but, Mostly the beer is what we're there. They have this Goza, Tobias. Haley and I absolutely love this Goza. They kind of change it up, the flavors and everything. Um, but the Goza there, that's the go-to. Get the Goza. Get the Goza. No doubt. And then they got this great taco truck selection. Like, it's different every day, but it seems like they never miss on the taco trucks um, down and at Two Docks. Yeah, taco, taco trucks or, or just food trucks in general. They food, just, yeah, food truck, yeah. They just never miss, um, it seems like, out there. And, again, you can go see Two Docks in person or on their website, twodocsbrewing.com. And if you go online right now and you have an order of over $49 and you use the promo code GUNSUP, you get free shipping on your order. Again, use the code GUNSUP and get free shipping on orders of $49 or more. Go see our friends down at Two Docs and support a lo local business and be sure to tell them Guns Up Nation sent you. It's preview time, Tobias. Oh, dear Lord. Oh, dear Lord. 
you, you want to start or me? I mean, I think my reaction in the video is kind of telling how I feel about this game right now. What is the, um, the over-under again? I don't know. It's changed. I know it opened up super, super high. Um, I was getting made fun of a little bit. I know it started at 14 and a half I, or higher than that, I think, right? Um, yeah. Let's go look this up real quick because I think it, it's changed three or four times. Um, since I've seen it, I know that the point total has just Texas, I've seen Texas minus 18. Texas minus 18 right now. Is that what you yeah. said? Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that's a lot of points. That's alarmingly high and I'm still going over. Yeah. The over under for the game is 70 and a half. So if you look yeah. at that, so take 18 away, we're at 54. So they're thinking tech scores 27 in that range um yeah yeah no, that, yeah that, that's that's rough so it looks like it's going to be like a 45 to 27 game that's kind of what they're predicting so in two days it went up for it was minus 14 september 20th at 1 49 p.m today is september 22nd is minus 18 Oh, no, today, well, today's the 24th. On September 22nd, it went up to uh, minus 18. And I wonder if that has anything to do with Sir Roderick Thompson um, and his arrest. Yeah. Um, he's going to play. I mean, Matt Wells has already come out and said that. Texas Tech Athletics has said it as well. Like, he's going to play. This was an incident back in June. And for all the people on social media saying, oh, my God, he got arrested for street racing, it's not has nothing to do with the street racing. It has everything to do with he evaded arrest. Like, yeah. you're going to get arrested when you evade arrest. Like, you're going to yeah, have a yeah. warrant out for you. I don't care who yeah. you are. Yeah, um, exactly. That's the big deal. Like, street racing, okay, like, I'm with you in a sense, like, you probably shouldn't do it, but you shouldn't get arrested for it. But when you evade arrest. Yeah, that's the you, big one. That, 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 that's, the big, that's a big one. That's a big one. Um, and that's what Sir Roger did. So, um, that's a big deal. But I, I wonder if the line is changing because of that. And maybe Vegas odd makers think they can, you know, get a couple extra bucks and a couple extra people to go in on this. Tobias, I don't want to sound like the you, you sound like you're gonna be the negative one on this show. So I'll try and spin oh, yeah. some I'll try and spin some positive stuff, okay? Um and there's not a lot of positives, um, if we're being honest. We're gonna try and keep this real the whole time, right? But I will say this just looking at Texas, right? And looking at their numbers, obviously, they've only played one game as well. Um, the passing yards. That, that, that's the thing that got me was they, own, they had 481 passing yards, right? Mm -hmm. When you think of Texas historically, I don't know about you, but I think about running backs. Um, you know, Earl Campbell, Ricky Williams, um, all these guys, right? I, th this might sound like, – and this might not be the time and place to say this um, – but I think Sam Ellinger is really freaking good. Like, really good. I think he's his, underrated. His whole per, – like, the perception I had of him has totally changed. Like, because when I first saw him at Texas, I was like, oh, my God, this guy is a – not even a great value version of Tim Tebow. Right? Like, because that's what he was trying to be. And yeah. I watched the UTEP game, and again, granted, it's UTEP. But he was throwing dots. Like, throwing dots. Um, and to be fair, the UTEP defense – they looked um, just about as bad as Texas Tech did. Um, so, really, Tobias, let, let, let's talk about keys to the game real quick. Let's try and spin it positive, but at the same time, be brutally honest at the same time um, when we talk about this. 
what does Texas Tech have to do to go in there and compete with the Longhorns? Because right now it's – when you look at that line of, you know, minus 18, it's hard to envision a win. Obviously crazier things have happened in college football and sports in general. Um, but what do you think the most important aspect is for Texas Tech to go in there and compete with the Longhorns? I think, I think you kind of just said it. You have to compete. You know, you're at home. You know, they've only played one game just like you. Yeah, we didn't play well. But, I mean, you're going to have to go out there and just compete, you know. Yeah, y'all are big underdog. But I think that could kind of play into your favor because people aren't expecting much. They're not. They're not expecting much. Like you know, from from Tech, at least not in this game particularly. So I think you have to just go out there and compete and stick to your stuff. I noticed in the first game against UTEP, UT they only had two sacks, which is kind of um, which kind of shocking to me because that was interesting to me. So maybe you know, maybe I'm sure they're going to do things differently in this game. But the fact that they only had two sacks, that kind of could show a telltale sign. Maybe their pass rush isn't as good as I thought. So that means Bowman could have a lot of time back there to throw the ball, essentially. I think so, maybe. So he does have, you know, enough time back there. He has – we have receivers. We have talent on the outside. I think he should be able to get get the, um, get it to his weapons. Yeah, I, I think – I didn't know the sack stat. That, that's interesting, though. I think that's a really big deal because I think the positive going into this game is the sense that if Tech wants to and if they need to – they can play the ball control game. Um, and what I mean by that is they have four running backs that offer a wide variety of different skill sets. And as of right now, from what Texas Tech has reported, there is no active cases in the football program. So everybody, including Schooler, um, Xavier White, all everybody should be available unless they are injured um, for Texas Tech. So I'm really curious to see if, you know, Yo's MO is go as fast as you possibly can, yeah. right? But I wonder if he dials that back this time and he tries to use the running backs to his advantage. And what I would love to see him do is use play action to your advantage. Use it, right? You have yeah. four quality running backs that offer a wide variety of skill sets. You have Sir Roderick Thompson, you have Xavier White, you have Townsend, and then you have the freshman Brooks. I love that, that foursome right there of running backs you got to use them and you got to establish the run early against this Texas team because their secondary is pretty damn good. Um, yeah, it is. It's, it's really damn good. I want to see how they use Townsend. Like we talked about this on the last pocket. I want to see them have Thompson in the backfield and have Townsend in like the slot. I think he has that ability. He only had one catch last week, but I think he has that, um, that ability, I think that you can put him in the slot or make him like a little receiver out there somewhere, kind of like what the Chargers do with Austin Eckler sometimes. I think that you could, or like with Kamar, I'm not saying he's Kamar Austin sure. Eckler, but I think he could be used in the same the same way. Mm-hmm. And you, I mean, you have a good running back, but you have um, Thompson back, then you have to respect it. Yeah. So if you have, like you said, their DBs are very, very good. You're going to have to throw somebody out there, especially in the slot. I think that's where Texas is very, very formidable at is in the slot as well. So I think you need to put your best athletes on the field. I think Townsend is one of our best athletes on offense. I think, I think Thompson and Townsend should be on the field at all times together, at least majority of the time. Yeah, I, I think um, my other key was going to be use the middle of the field. You talked about the slot, yeah. right? Um, in Texas, I mean, they're just good in the secondary, point blank, end of story. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't say that a lot about a Big 12 defense, but it's true. Um, and that's with a five-star recruit quitting the team. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that. I think I said, why did he quit? He quit at halftime against UTEP. Yeah, yeah, I seen that. I, see, I did see that. I because he that. only played like three snaps in the first half or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know the ending to that story or anything, but that's just what I last saw on it. But really, to me, I want to see three people get more involved this week 
than they were last week. And before everybody jumps on my case about one of these people, I know he leads tech in receiving right now, but he's got to get the damn ball more because I truly think he is the biggest X factor on the Texas Tech offense, and that's Keyshawn Carter. He's got yeah. to touch the ball at least seven to ten times a game. I don't care if it's on a jet sweep. I don't care if it's in the slot. I don't care if he's going deep. He has to touch the ball that amount of time because he is a difference maker. He's slippery, and he's the fastest guy on this team. And then the yeah. other one is Dalton Rigdon. I want to see him get the ball more too because he's they're – yeah, I agree. I really do. And then Travis Koontz, I want to see them use the middle of the field a lot more because Yost loves going outside. I don't think going horizontal is going to help you in this game because, like we said, there's a bunch of athletes in the Texas secondary that are really good. I think you got to go vertical. And to go vertical, I think you got to use the middle of the field. And that using the middle of the field is going to help you because it'll open things up on the outside. Hence, you can go more vertical, right? So also, it's also going to help the run game when you have Koontz out there. He'll help with, you know, blocking it, adds an extra lineman. Now, I know you mentioned that they only had two sacks, but at the same time, all the protection you can have and also having an offensive weapon out there is really critical against a team like Texas that has, just if you look at stars, better athletes across the field. So I really think if they're able to, you know, throw between the hashes, throw between the numbers, I think that will really help Texas Tech, not only in the passing game, but also in the run game. And they'll be vastly more efficient um, with that type of offense. Yeah, also I think that primetime players make primetime play. This is a, you know, this team is the Texas team. They're projected. A lot of people haven't played in the playoff, you know. Yeah, they're good, man. They're, 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 Texas, Texas is really good. Yeah, Adrian Fry, McPherson, Monroe, you know, those are key players on this team. This is a, this is a big game for them. You know, yes. obviously as a going, you know, playing tech and playing football, but obviously, you know, for your future, this is, you know, you, you have two big games on the schedule. This is one of them. And, you know, if you are what we think you are, what you can be, this is a game where you need to play well. Yeah. No, I, I think eye discipline is huge this game because yeah. Adrian Fry and McPherson had little to no eye discipline. Um, yeah. I, I will say this. I'm really interested to see how the defensive line does against Texas because I think Texas has arguably the best offensive line in the Big 12. Maybe OU's is better. I mean, they have a top 10 pick at left tackle. Yeah. He's a stud. Um, but I really want to see how they try and navigate that. Do they run a bunch of stunts? Is Boyer Randall finally unleashed in the sense of he's going to rush the passer, not you know, just 20 snaps. He's just going to go full out, and he's the extra guy on that line. Because if you look at it, the linebackers already, I think, are in a good spot. What I would love Tech to do – Again, it's the Big 12, so I think realistically you probably have to have five people in the secondary on the field at all times. Sucks. It's just how it is, right? What I really want to see Texas Tech do is I want to see Boyer Randall basically – I want to see them run a 4-2-5 in a sense. I know they run a 3-3-4 or a 3-3-5, excuse me, but really what I want to see is a 4-2-5. Boyer Randall basically being another defensive end on the opposite side of Eli Howard and that way, Hutchings and Bamasaur, all those guys can just push right on the ball at the center of attack where it makes mm -hmm. Ellinger go outside. If you make Ellinger go outside, I feel – I don't feel great about it. Let's not let, – let's not, don't, don't twist my words here. But I really like the fact that you're going to have Rico Jeffers and Kershaw Merriweather on either side of him and being able to chase him down. I like that mm -hmm. matchup for Tech to a degree. Now, the problem is, how is the secondary going to hold up? And you talked about that. Those guys have to step up. Eye discipline is huge, and that's the part that scares me the most um, on the defensive side is 
is that secondary going to be different this week? And it's, and it's, right. there's no telltale signs that say, yes, it'll be different because they got absolutely destroyed by FBU or HBU, I should say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I just, when this key, you know, like I said, they're going to have to just step up though. I mean, you can't, if they play as bad as they played last week, TUT is going to score. They're going to score 60, 70 points. That's easy. just not going to be easy. Easily. Easily. You're going to be embarrassed at home. So they're going to have to play better. I mean, I, don't, I would love to see what, what, you know, what they worked on um, this week in practice. But like I say, we talked about this last part. You don't have a, you don't have a lot of time to change everything dramatically. You know, you played bad last week or two weeks ago. Now, you know, this time you're going to have to nut up and just play. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that bye came at a great time for Tech, though. Yeah, yeah, it did. It gave them at least six more days to at least try and figure something out. Because I'll tell you right now, if this was just a normal week, like let's say we're playing K-State this week and Texas next week, Texas is scoring 70. Yeah. They're they're scoring 70, like period, end of story. But let's talk about Bowman a little bit. I I think this is interesting. I don't know if you know this, Tobias, but this will be Alan Bowman's first time to play the University of Texas. Um, wow. he, hasn't, he hasn't gotten to play him. It feels like Alan Bowman's been on campus forever. Almost. Yeah, no, it does. Um, but yeah, this will be the first time he ever gets to play Austin. Um, and we have a question from Rusty Shackelford. I like that name. Uh, <laughs> at this guy, TTU. I don't know if you get that reference. It's a, it's a good one, though. Um, mm. What should we realistically expect from Bowman this Saturday? Thanks. I'll hang up and listen. I appreciate that. Um, so again, the question, Tobias: What should we realistically expect from Bowman this Saturday? Um, I hope. I mean, I, well, what I'm expecting, what I'm hoping, or uh, I guess, I wouldn't say the two different things. I, I'm hoping that he's accurate with the football. And I hope he does what we're saying. Uses the middle of the field. He makes accurate and decisive throws. Like I said, they, they only had two sacks last week, so I want to see: Are they going to bring more pressure this week? Are they going to? What, what does Texas do defensively? But to answer the question, um. I'm expecting him to be accurate with the football and get the ball to his playmakers. We have we have a good amount of them. You know, you have Keyshawn Carter, you have EZ, Basher, you have uh, Thompson. And like you said, Coombs. I'm like you said, when are they gonna start? Because they they talked about this publicly that we're gonna start using Tyree. We're gonna start we'll win. You know what I mean? When are you going to start using them? Yes. Yeah, I I think the game that I went to just because they're kind of ranked in the same area was that OU game um that Bowman started. Um against Kyler Murray in number seven, Oklahoma, uh, when Texas Tech was five and three and um, Oklahoma came in as the number seven team in the country and were seven and one. Obviously, Bowman got hurt right before halftime, if you remember that, but he was playing good before half. You look yeah. at his stats, he was 21 for 26, 227 yards and two touchdowns. What I expect from Bowman on Saturday is some of the things you mentioned for sure, but I think there might be garbage time and that might play an impact on it. But I think in meaningful snaps, I think we can expect Bowman to be around the 295, the 290 to about 320, three touchdowns and probably an INT. That's probably realistic for me just because they are going to throw so much. I think that's probably what they do. Um, I will say this though. Um, This is kind of my bold prediction on this. I think Texas tech competes in the first half. I think it's close as hell to bias in the first half. I think the Longhorns will come out. They'll strike first. I think they'll get the ball first. They'll come out 7-0, and then Tech will answer. Um, and I think at halftime, Tech will only be down by, you know, maybe a touchdown, a field goal, something like that. And then I think in the second half, that's where UT comes out of the locker room and they just lay the hammer down. I think that's probably what happens. Um, 
because I, I think Texas Tech, they, they, you, you got to know this by now, and I think everybody does, that these players hear every bad word that we're saying about them. And we are, yeah. you know, we're not speaking, you know, negative in a sense of like, we want to hurt these guys. We're just speaking critically. This is what we do, right? Yeah. Um, but they played like hot garbage in week one. They know that. Um, I think they're going to come out with a huge chip on their shoulder, but I don't think the chip can last the whole 60 minutes. So I do think it'll last the first half. If I had to guess, I'd probably say at halftime, it's like 27, 24. Um, that's, that's kind of my I, prediction. I think that, you know, like the start for tech is going to be key. What game was that last year we were covered and they just got down like, you know, 17, three quick. And it was just like the game, you know, over. So that's I think West it's the start. Yeah, yeah. I think the start for Tech this, for this game is uh, key. How they start, like you said, if Texas comes out and scores seven zero, we have to answer. You know, yeah. you have to answer because you know you go down fourteen zero. It's kind of like oh, here we go again type of thing. And you know the players start you know scrambling around. That's when things start to get ugly. So I think that you're right. If, if Texas gets the ball first and they score, I think that we have to come back and answer. And by the way, I lied. That was uh, Iowa State. It was Iowa State last Iowa. year that we were down seventeen three at. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, I, I, I legitimately think, you know, there's a lot of teams where the most important quarter is the fourth. I don't think that's the case. I think the first two drives for Texas Tech are the utmost importance. Like, they, they, I don't know if they could get any more important. And I want to see on that first drive, especially on defense, like I said, how the hell are they using Boyer Randall? Because I truly believe that guy is an X factor. Because I told you the stats last time. He had 22 snaps where he rushed the passer. He had five tackles, two for loss, and he caused a fumble. I mean, the guy's a difference maker. Like, I get it. It's Houston Baptist. But you at least you saw that, and you can go, okay, yeah. well, we've seen it once. We have to play our card here against Texas. There's no other time to play the card, you know? So I, I really think that that's a big factor to me is to see how they use those guys because – Let's be honest. We know the linebackers are going to play. We know Kershaw Merriweather. We know Randall. We know Jeffers. They're going to come out and they're going to ball. Schooler's going to play too. You know, yeah. I would, well, another aspect, yeah, yeah. I, I totally forgot about Schooler. I would love to see Schooler in the Boyer-Rander role where he's just rushing yeah. the passer. You know, I would love to see that or put Jeffers there and you have Schooler and Merriweather. There's so many options here that I want to see how they navigate that because one thing that I think Texas Tech fans aren't talking enough about, Texas Tech looked gassed on defense a lot of times yeah. against Houston Baptist, right? They're going to have a lot of pieces back defensively now, especially at the linebacker position. Um, and I think that's going to be huge. You know, Jalen Hutchings, he got hurt. Looks like he's going to play this week. So I really want to see how they get to Sam Ellinger and just make him uncomfortable. If they can get him out of the pocket, Sam Ellinger is a great quarterback out of the pocket. Don't get me wrong. But what I want to see is if they can get pressure in his face, because when you get pressure in Sam Ellinger's face, He's, he becomes a bad passer, right? Like most people, yeah. you know, if you get some, if you, if I can't see the wide receiver, I'm not going to probably throw it well. Right. Um, but I also think the beauty of this is they're going to spy Sam Ellinger, which is a yeah, blessing and a disguise or, or a blessing. Yeah, and it could be their demise. Um, and I think what they're going to do is they're going to use Rico on that because Rico is more elite in terms of the speed, the sideline to sideline, the Merriweather and Merriweather will just come in and lay the wood in the run game. I think that's probably what they do. And now, again, I think it's effective in the first half, but I think OU comes out of the locker room and I think they just lay it down on Tech. And I think it probably ends up in the range of like, mm, like 55. Yeah, I was going to say 50s. 
I was going to say yeah. 55, 42. I think Tech covers, honestly. I do think they cover 18. Um, it'll probably be like on the last drive of the game or something like that. But, you know, three scores, sheesh. That, that's, a, that's a lot of points, man. That's a lot of points. That, that, that is a lot of points. Uh, I, I think they do have to spy. I want to see if they get pressure in his face how – I think Tyson is also going to have to be crucial because, you know, Ellinger, he, he's not afraid to tuck it, tuck the ball and run. You know, he, he's seen that he scored a lot of touchdowns running the ball. So You mean Merriweather? Oh, yeah, I, I think he'll – yeah, I think he can make the plays. I, I know you said will. Townsend. I just wanted to make sure you got the right guy out there. Oh, you know, I mean, I'm in a, I was saying uh, tackling. Oh, tackling. I'm sorry. I thought exactly. you said Townsend. That's yeah. my fault. That's my fault. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I think that tackling is just going to be um, crucial. Like I said, he's not afraid to lower his shoulder and run the ball. So, if you're, you know, if you're going to spot him, you're going to have to make that tackling open field. Like, I'm sorry. Like, he's not as athletic as, you know, the OU quarterbacks we've seen, but he's pretty, he's pretty athletic. Oh, he's built so like I a think- truck. Yeah, I think I think you're you're gonna have to you're gonna have to tackle him like immediately because that's how because if he starts tucking the ball, he starts getting 60, 70 yards rushing. We're gonna be in trouble. Oh, I mean, I, I think they're in trouble already. But no, I get yeah. what you're saying. So give me a score prediction real quick. I, I gave you mine. I think Tech does cover. I think it's probably gonna be in the range of, and I'll give the exact score: fifty-five, forty-two. I think that's what it is. And Tech, it's it's a bad beat, you know, on Scott Van Pelt yeah. where they talk about it. Yeah. I think that's what happens is I think Tech scores very very late to cover, um, and they uh, they but they end up losing fifty five forty two. Uh, I'm I'm a, you said fifty five. I'm, I'm probably gonna go fifty fifty seven, which is a lot. That's a lot. Fifty seven. You said forty two. Yeah, I'll probably go. I, I think that they, I think that they're gonna beat us by over eighteen. I do. So I'm not gonna say what 50, 57. What like thirty eight? Thirty eight. Yeah, exactly. I think I think I think they're gonna beat us by over eighteen. So you? I hope it's not. A, it's another bad beat then, just the opposite way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that. Yeah, I think that they'll be. Yeah, I think they will. No, I mean, I I think it would be kind of naive, and you know, we're trying to be as positive as possible. But Texas is really good. Tech fans don't want to yeah. hear that because I don't want to hear it either. You know, we're yeah. Tech fans too. Um, I don't want to hear that, but at the same time, like that team's different this year. Yeah, you know, there, there's a reason why they're projected to go to the to, to the uh, playoff. It's a reason. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a fun game when they play Oklahoma. Um, yeah, it, it's it's going to be really interesting um, to see. But I just want to see positive signs, Tobias. You know, a win mm. would be awesome, but I want to see them move in the right direction. I want to see the secondary play better at times. Like you're going to get beat. It's the Big Twelve, you know. But I want you to you know, show that you made progress from week one into this next week. And then you go to K-State. Hopefully you can win that game and that'll also get the snowball effect rolling and hopefully the defense can just be better. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like you said, it's just taking baby steps. You know, I don't – well, it would be cool if we win. I don't expect us to win. I don't think anyone else expects us to win. But if we can just take a few steps in the right direction, I think that that's just a positive sign, especially from what we did two weeks ago. Like, good Lord, HBU, like, you know what I mean? So – we easily could have lost that game. We could have lost that game. So yeah, I I think that taking the step in the right direction this week is it would be a big big plus. Yeah, um, ESPN has Texas as ninety one point six percent chances of winning this game. So mm. you're saying there's a chance for Texas Tech. Yeah. You're saying there's a chance. So Tobias took the over. He's going over the eighteen. I'm going just under. Um, but 55-42 for me, Tobias said 57-38. Nonetheless, it's just going to be fun to see football in the Jones and Big 12 football again, you know? Yeah, just big, yeah. It's just going to be fun um, to see it. But, again, he's Tobias Bass. You can follow 
Tobias on Twitter at Tobias underscore Bass. And you can follow myself, RC Maxfield at RCNB323. And Tobias, I'll reveal the special guest now to everybody for the postgame show on Saturday. You want to hear it? I don't think I've told you even. I think you did. I think you did. Go ahead and say it. I think you did, though. Casey Cowan. Yeah, yeah. Casey Cowan, uh, Lubbock sports radio legend. He'll be joining myself on the postgame show this weekend after Texas. So you're going to want to come check that out on the Guns Up Nation Facebook page. But again, he's Tobias Bass at Tobias underscore Bass on Twitter. I'm RC Maxfield at RCMB323. Be kind to others. Wear a mask. And don't forget to go see our friends over at Two Docs. We'll catch y'all next week, guys. Thanks for listening to the Guns Up Nation podcast. The opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the podcast hosts and do not reflect the opinions of Texas Tech University or its affiliates. Visit our website at GunsUpNation.com for more Texas Tech news. Thanks again and Guns Up.